Good morning. Good morning. I'm David Bishop, and it is a privilege uh, to be here. And you may be wondering, hey, why is this guy talking to us? And I'm wondering the same thing. So I went up to Matt, and I said, hey, Matt, why am I the guy that's going to be talking? He said, well, Dave, it is the last service of 2018, and it is going to be an all-family service. And he said, I think that you do a, a job you, where you can talk to three-year-olds and 103-year-olds in the same way. And I said, wow, that sounds like a compliment, doesn't it? So I went out and I tried out this talk. I went and talked to young people. I talked to high schoolers. I talked to college-age kids. I went and talked to old people. I went and talked to some special groups. And I did. I, I had the same reaction. I think we got a few of the pictures here. And I, <laughs> that one went pretty well, I thought. Yeah. They were into it for a few minutes, man. So those guys, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was drooling a little bit. That was kind of embarrassing. Yeah, that one was especially embarrassing there. So, you know, maybe Matt wants you to be well-rested going into 2019. I don't know, but it is a privilege uh, to be up here. And I am very excited because this is an all-family service. We're going to try to have a lot of fun we're going to go fast. We're going to do some different stuff that we don't normally do. We're going to have a lot of uh, folks helping me out up here. And at the very end, we're going to have all the kids, all the kids at heart, anybody who wants to come and grab some New Year's Eve stuff, get up here on stage, and we're going to count down to 2019. But I'm really excited because I have the opportunity. We are going to look at 10 teachings of Jesus, some of the ancient wisdom that Jesus uh, gave us 2,000 years ago that is still applicable today. One of the things that I'm really excited about is that, you know, for those of us that are trying to follow Jesus, right, this is, this is stuff that we try to do all the time, every day, and, and most of us aren't that successful. But these 10 things that we picked out that we're going to talk about today, they can be applied by anybody. You don't necessarily have to be a Jesus follower. And so anybody that's here or anybody uh, who hears these things, if you apply them in your life or attempt to apply, apply them in 2019, the world will definitely be a better place. So I'm excited. So let's pray real quick and let's get going. Lord, thank you for the timeless wisdom uh, that you've given us. Thank you uh, for Jesus and the things uh, that he gave us that were applicable then and they're applicable now, and they can make our world a better place. So please let us hear what you want us to hear and apply what you want us to apply. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So let's jump right in. Since we've got 10 of them, this is, number, this is the first one we're going to look at, which is go the second mile. Uh, what did Jesus say about going the second mile? Let's take a look. Matthew 5, 41, if someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. I think in the working world, uh, that, we're pretty familiar with this, right? If you want to get ahead, if you want to be successful, you do more than, it's, than is expected of you. But the amazing thing about this principle, and of course it comes from, uh, many people may know this, uh, it was a Roman rule that when a Roman soldier had his pack and his stuff, and he was on 
the road, which led to Rome, because all roads lead to Rome, right? He could pick anybody, he or she, no, I guess it was just a he, right? Could pick anybody and say, hey, I want you to carry my pack for a mile. And you had to. There was no choice. Jesus said, oh, you know what? Yeah, you have to do that first mile. But you can do the second mile on you. And you can make an impact on that guy or on the community. Or, you know, that's how you're going to make a difference. Go with him two miles. So we think of it in, in a work context. But guess what? It works in all different contexts. But especially our relationships. You know, your significant other, your parents, your kids. Uh, if we do more than is expected of us, if we go that extra mile, we'll have uh, better relationships. It'll be a better place. And here's a quote, which I think uh, is really uh, tremendous. While others are doing only what is expected or taking shortcuts, if you want to succeed in life, in love, or in anything that is important to you, then you have to go the extra mile. So, so that's the first one. Let's go to the next one. What do we have? Do not judge. What does Jesus say about do not judge? Luke 6, 37, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. We have a poem about, about this. And Dylan, the drummer, I have asked to come back to the stage wherever he may be. Whoa, that was magic. That was great. <clears throat> I've been practicing. <laughs> I was shocked, confused, bewildered as I entered heaven's door, not by the beauty of it all, by the lights or by the decor, but it was the folks in heaven who made me sputter and gasp the thieves, the liars, the sinners, the alcoholics, the trash. There stood the kid for seventh grade who swiped my lunch money twice. Next to him was my old neighbor who never said anything nice. Herb, who I was always thought was rotting away in hell, was sitting pretty on cloud nine, looking incredibly well. I nudged Jesus, what's the deal? I would love to hear your take. How did all these sinners get up here? Has there been a huge mistake? And why is everyone so quiet, so somber? Give me a clue. Hush, child, he said. They're all in shock. No one thought that they would see you. <laughs> Do not judge. All right, so let's go to the next one. This is one of my favorites. One of my favorites. My kids are here. Honor your parents. Honor, yeah, thank you. Honor your parents. So this is a great one. What's Jesus say about honoring your parents? For God said, honor your father and mother. Jesus twice, there's uh, two places uh, when he's talking to the rich uh, young ruler and one time when he's talking to the Pharisees, he quotes one of the 10 commandments, which is honor your uh, father and mother, honor your parents. Uh, so I was curious, what would the kids of River Ridge have to say what is honoring your father and mother or honoring your parents? And this is what they had to say. Not making them ask twice. Doing what you should do before they ask. Just trusting that what they tell you is what's best for you. To listen to them when they tell you to do something. Not to argue. 
Thanks for listening to them even if you don't want to. It's doing something even if it may, even if it's not what you want to do, but they know best, trust me. Doing what they say immediately. They know what's best, trust me. You know, the, the preacher's kids have it down pretty good, don't they, man? Those were some slick answers, man. They all had the right... Uh, the right. And uh, Although Ben there at the end, he was kind of... Uh, do it immediately? It was, it was more of a, uh, a question to me. Yeah, yeah, Ben, immediately, immediately. That's good. So, hey, but I thought that was really good because those kids, man, they're, they are tremendous. And uh, even though they know the right answers... Uh, for the most part, they're doing the right answers. Uh, then we uh, ran into some folks whose answers weren't quite as polished, but uh, were definitely fun to, to look at. So let's uh, check out these. I had no idea. <laughs> Go crazy on I do not care. <laughs> All right, so that last kid, that's my kid. <laughs> and, you know, I went and asked my dad, who's here, and I said, uh, hey, Dad, was I kind of like Duncan when I was little? And my dad's super nice, so he didn't really say anything. He kind of turned his head, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I was. And so I apologized. I went out and bought him a cake and stuff like that because uh, I did. I, I felt bad. Uh, but then he did look at me and he said, but don't worry, your brother was worse. Sounds good. I feel pretty good. All right. So what's next? We're doing pretty good here. What's after honor your parents? I could look, oh, love your enemies. This one's a tough one. Holy smokes. What, what does Jesus say about love your enemies? <laughs> Matthew 5, 44, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That's one's a tough one, especially with people who don't have your best interest in mind. And people, boy, we know people can be uh, mean and nasty sometimes. But, you know, if we're following Jesus, we have to love our enemies and pray for those uh, who persecute us. Now, I do have a, a secular uh, look at this. There's, um, we've got some points from an operation. Let's check out this next slide. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Hey, we've got a quote from uh, Martin Luther King Jr., and this is the truth. Why do we want to love other people uh, or love our enemies? Love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. And love is the only thing that's going to uh, get people to see the light of Christ, right? If we're hating them back or we're showing hate, we're not going to have, make any inroads. Uh, from a secular perspective, you're never going to win an enemy by being an enemy, right? You got to love them. So uh, what are some very helpful uh, regular tips for everybody that we can use to help love our enemy? This is from gratefulness.org. Uh, love your enemies. You know, if you want to love your enemies, you can show genuine respect to them. Search for common goals. Uh, a real important one. Try to understand their concerns, their hopes, their motivations. And the last one is kind of to look introspectively at yourself and say, I might have some wrong convictions here. I might have some wrong precepts. I might be coming at this from 
uh, the wrong place. And, and I think, and of course, this is, uh, uh, this right here is from a secular perspective. I think from a, a Christian perspective, too, you know, uh, we want to think of them as Jesus would think of them. We kind of want to project, you know, Jesus loves them. They're a human being, even though they're an enemy. Now, am I saying that you should put yourself in a terrible situation and, uh, you know, bad things happen uh, where bad things or really bad things might happen? Well, not necessarily. Let's take a look at the next uh, teaching by Jesus. Be shrewd as snakes. So what uh, is the uh, verse there? Matthew ten sixteen. I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. I've got a friend named Sam who's going to come up here, Sam, and he's going to help me. Now, uh, he's going to read a poem, haiku. Who knows what haiku is? You remember? What's a haiku? How many lines are in a haiku? How many? Three. How many syllables in the first line? Five. How many in the second? How many in the third? All right, sweet. Are you guys uh, teachers over there? That was great. Hey, Sam, thanks for helping. Let's get this. All right. Sam, hit it. Sighting the peacock slithered into the bush, wily cunning snake. That was great. Thank you. So that was a nice haiku, wasn't it? So, yeah, look, you know, we need to be cunning and wise about what we do, you know. Be shrewd as a snake, but gentle as a duck. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to put yourself in significant harm's way for your enemies. You need to love your enemy. All right, so what's our next, what's our next principle here? Forgive your offenders. What does uh, Jesus say about forgiving your offenders? Uh, Matthew 18, 21 through 22 says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. And and I don't think 77 is real, right? <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to get out a scorecard, right? And on 55, that's right. Most of us have already surpassed 77 times. So it's, it's uh, a limitless amount of forgiveness that we're supposed uh, to give. Uh, and this is kind of our longest segment, but I thought it was uh, really worth doing. We have a Matthew West a video from a little while back about forgiveness that I think is uh, powerful and worth playing. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to watch a Matthew West video. It's the hardest thing to give away and the last thing on your mind today. It always goes to those who don't the opposite of how you feel when the pain they cause is just too real taste everything you have to say the word forgiveness
even set a prisoner free. There is no end to what its power can do. So let it go and be amazed by what you see through eyes of grace. The prisoner that it really frees is you. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Please. What are you doing about me? Forgiveness really needs to be one of our driving forces, especially if we're uh, trying to follow uh, Jesus. But you know, so the, the opposite of that or the revenge side of that, when somebody does something wrong to us and we want them to suffer, feel pain, or we want to exact justice. Have you ever heard these quotes about revenge? It's great. Revenge is like eating rat poison and expecting somebody else to die, right? Or there's another one. Uh, if you're bent on revenge, you may as well just dig two graves, right? It's just not uh, an effort uh, worthy uh, of your efforts and resources because it only chews you up uh, inside, and it really doesn't help. So forgiveness is such a big, big part. I wanted to spend a little more time uh, on that one. All right, so what's the next idea that Jesus taught about that we want to talk about? Servant uh, leadership. What did Jesus uh, say? Uh, this is his quote. Mark 10, 43 through 44, instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. So servant leadership, uh, there are a few servant leadership institutes, primarily uh, working with businesses uh, and uh, those types of operations. And they say this about servant leadership. A servant leader focuses on the growth and well-being of the people and communities to which they belong. The servant leader shares power, puts the needs of others first, and helps people develop and perform as highly as possible. And that's from the Greenleaf Center uh, for Servant leadership. This is such an important part of the way that we need to be leading, uh, especially as Christ followers, that we need to put uh, everybody in the same basket. And as leaders of our operation, our goal needs to be to rise everybody up. And I know that we do a great job of that here uh, at River Ridge Church where we're attempting to develop leaders and bring everybody up together and look for the success 
of everybody in the group. And not just the, the opposite side of this is the pyramid model where everybody's trying to get their own and to be at the top and to push everybody down. So servant leadership, uh, such an important part uh, of the way that we should be uh, leading, not only in our business, and of course, I, I think in terms of that, but at home with our spouse, with our kids, with everybody and every operation, every organization, every group that we're in, we should be employing this. And one of the thoughts is, at least in my experience, you think, well, if I do servant leadership, uh, I'm going to get run over, kind of like the other, uh, you know, being shrewd as a snake uh, deal. But, you know, it's been my experience where the people that employ servant leadership, there may be times where there is no recognition uh, for them. There may be times where uh, things may seem to pass them by, but I can tell you, like going to retirement parties for people who were in it just for themselves, it's funny. Nobody shows up. But you go to a retirement party for somebody who has tried to employ servant leadership, the room is packed. You know, I mean, this, uh, the people who employ these, these types of leadership styles do not get uh, left in the dust. And so I would encourage you to do that. All right, let's look at our next uh, Jesus teaching, which is the golden rule, the golden rule. So before we look at what Jesus said, I think most of us know what the golden rule is, but uh, Keith's got a microphone. He's going to find a couple of people that raise their hand, preferably younger dudes that want to tell us what's the golden rule. We got a couple of fellows up here on the front row. All right. What's your name? Charlie. Charlie, what's the golden rule? Um, treat others how you expect to be treated. That's it, man. And so, hey, Charlie, that's great. Hey, Charlie, so what does that mean? How would you expect or like to be treated? Goodly. Do what? Goodly. Huh? Um, goodly. Yeah, goodly. All right, I love that. We'll stop there. That's great. I don't think you can get any better than, I want to be treated goodly as well. So let's see what Jesus says. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. So that's a big one, and we know it. And I, I'm not going to spend too much time because we're trying to do uh, 10 of these. But uh, obviously, because we know it, this is one of the most important things that we can apply uh, in our existence in 2019 to make the world a better place. Treat people well. If your instinct is to uh, be mean, lash out in anger, say something, you know, that you shouldn't say. I mean, apply the golden rule. All right. So I think we're at number two now. Help the needy. What's Jesus say about this? Luke 14, 13. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Maisie, so... I've asked Maisie to come up here and read a poem for us. I'll Stretch a Little by Anonymous. The wintry blast was fierce and cold, and the lassie's coat was thin and old. Her little brother by her side shivered and pitifully cried. Come underneath my coat, said she, and see how snug and warm you'll be. The brother answered nothing loath, but is it big enough for both? Yes, said the girl with cheery wit, I'll stretch it out a little bit. 
Brothers, sisters, where the mind is bent upon an action kind, what though the means are sparely spun and hardly seems to serve for one, stretch them with love and straight away you will find them amply wide for two. Thank you, man. Great job. That was sweet. All right, and we've made it to number one. What is number one? Love your neighbor. Right on. All right. What's Jesus say about loving your neighbor? And this is in response to what are the, what's the greatest commandment? And love uh, the Lord your God with all your uh, heart, soul, mind, strength, right? And that's the first one. The second one is like it, Matthew twenty two thirty nine. 39. Love your neighbor as yourself. So this is the second greatest commandment uh, that we have. And so we need to be out there as followers of Jesus, loving uh, people. And I think even if you're not a follower of Jesus, if you're out there loving your neighbor as yourself, the world's going to be uh, a better place. Now, there's an, a real important part uh, to going out and loving uh, your neighbor uh, as yourself. And, and we know, I don't want to spend too much time, we know who our neighbors are, right? Our neighbor is everybody that we come in contact with, everybody that we, everybody that we see. So don't uh, spend a lot of time uh, picking and choosing who you think your neighbors are. Just know anybody that you come in contact with is your neighbor. Uh, love them and treat them like uh, you would want to be treated. But there is, there's an important part to being able to effectively love uh, other people. And Mr. Rogers is going to tell us about that. You know, the toughest thing is to love somebody who has done something mean to you, especially when that somebody has been yourself. Have you ever done anything mean to yourself? Well, it's very important to look inside yourself and find that loving part of you. That's the part that you must take good care of and never be mean to because that's the part of you that allows you to love your neighbor and your neighbor is anyone you happen to be with at any time of your life respecting and loving your neighbor can give everybody a good feeling <laughs> Mr. Rogers, he's great, isn't he? Man. All right, so that was great. We've been through all 10. So now what I'd like to do before we recap, count down into the new year, I'd like for everybody who's a kid or a kid at heart or who doesn't want their kid to come up here by themselves, <laughs> come and grab some of these hats, some of these noisemakers, jump up here on stage. That's right. There we go, man. It's great. Come on up. Tremendous. Oh, you need to come on up. Well, there we go. Do you have any friends? We need more of the shock family up here. Come on. Oh, you all look great. So come on. You guys can come up on stage. You all don't have to stay down there. Grab it. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. There you go. 
Danke, danke. All right, come on. Come on in. Come on over. All right. Now I feel like I work at Walt Disney World. Go move all the way to the center row. Y'all, come on over. Come on over, fellas. Right here. Come on over. Plenty of room. Come on up. Holy smokes, we got a lot of kids. Come on up. Come on in. Plenty of room. File on in there, fellas. Come on in. Come on over. All the way, all the way. Go all the way across. Here we go. Mason. What's up, Mason? What's happening, man? Come on in. All right, you guys. Everybody up here? Tehila. Oh, thank you. All right. So Tehila. Tehila, come on up. I've asked Tehila to give our closing prayer before we do our countdown into the new year. So everybody, we're going to have to be quiet for just a second while Tehillah prays for us. Can we do that? All right. And a hush fell over the room. All right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us together as we worship you and celebrate bringing in a new year. Please help us to use the timeless wisdom of your teachings in our lives every day, showing love, mercy, kindness, and forgiveness to others. May it be so for each and every one of us what is written in Proverbs 2, verse 67, which says, For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walketh uprightly. And also Psalm 90, verse 12, which says, So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. Okay, here we go. We're going we're gonna to recap and count down. So here we go. Count with me. Ten. Go to the second mile. Nine. Do not judge. Eight. Honor your parents. Seven, love your enemies. Six, shrewd as snakes. Five, forgive your offenders. Four, servant leadership. Three, the golden rule. Two, help the needy. One, love your neighbor. Happy New Year. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Have a great new year. Woo. <laughs> All right. Good job. Good job. Good job, everybody. <laughs>